Alright, so Exodus chapter 12, this is the chapter where we see the very first Passover when God came through, uh, He sent the angel through Egypt to smite all the firstborn. And in, I want to uh, draw your attention to verse 12 of chapter 12. It says, For I will pass through the land of Egypt this night and will smite all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast, and against all the gods of Egypt I will execute judgment. I am the Lord. And the blood shall be to you for a token upon the houses where ye are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. And the plague shall not be upon you to destroy you when I smite the land of Egypt. And this day shall be unto you for a memorial. And ye shall keep it a feast to the Lord throughout your generations. Ye shall keep it a feast by an ordinance forever. What I want to talk about this morning is the importance of memorials. The importance of memorials. Of course, Tomorrow we'll be celebrating Memorial Day, is what it's known as. And the truth is, any holiday is actually a Memorial Day. Okay, now we call this one Memorial Day specifically remembering, you know, soldiers who have fallen in battle and died. And I think that's a good thing. I think it's okay to remember that kind of stuff. Uh, I, I believe it's a, it's, a, it's a good thing. But in reality, any holiday is a Memorial Day because pretty much any holiday it's us kind of looking back and remembering things. You know, Christmas, we're remembering Jesus' birth. You know, uh, Easter, we're remembering the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Fourth of July, we're remembering the founding of our nation. You know, maybe if we remembered Fourth of July, we wouldn't have had 2020. You know, maybe, you know, there's a lot of things that we remember, these, and these are all good. These are all important things. And the Passover... It was the most important holiday that they had during the Old Testament time. God never wanted them to forget how they were protected, how they were covered through the blood of a lamb. Now, can anybody maybe think about why God would want them to remember that? I mean, folks, when we read the Passover, we see Jesus all over it, don't we? I mean, we see Jesus all over it. And this is just kind of a little bonus uh, point. It doesn't really go along with the message, but I, I do want to give you from this because people often get confused. When they read verse 14 where it says, Ye shall keep it, referring to the feast of the Passover, ye shall keep it a feast by an ordinance forever. Okay? Now let me ask you, do we observe the Passover you know, as Christians today? Uh, people say, well, you know, that was for the Jews. Right? You know, the Jews are supposed to do it forever, but we as the church, we don't do that. But at the same time, though, um, I do believe that we are citizens of the commonwealth of Israel. And therefore, if this is something that, this feast is something that's supposed to be done forever, then I would think that we should participate in it. But here's the thing, what we got to do, we got to look what the New Testament says. And in 1 Corinthians 5, 7, it says, Purge out there for the old leaven, that ye may be a new lump, as ye are unleavened. For even Christ, our Passover, is sacrificed for us. Therefore, let us keep the feast, not with old leaven, neither with the leaven of malice and wickedness, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. Now, right here, we're seeing very clearly that we are supposed to keep the Passover, but we do it in the spirit. We do it through sincerity and truth, because here's where people get confused. You've got your ultra-literalists that haven't got a spiritual bone in their body, and they read, keep the feast of Passover forever, and they think, well, we still got to observe the Passover. And then they follow the Passover by doing a modern-day Seder dinner, which isn't even close to what they did in the Old Testament. Not even close. You know? and, and, but the truth is, the, re, if the reason people get confused on this is because they still don't see 
the significance of the Passover in the Old Testament, why they were supposed to do it. God wanted them to always remember how he brought them out of Egypt. God always wanted them to remember how an innocent lamb died so they would not die. So they would not be destroyed by that destroyer like all the firstborn in Egypt were. And the truth is, Jesus Christ is our Passover. And are we not commanded? Do we not remember Jesus? Folks, you realize every church service is about Jesus. And he's the Passover. You better believe we're supposed to be remembering the Passover. But we do that today by remembering Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the one who fulfilled everything that the Passover symbolized. So when we remember him... We're remembering the Passover. And so why would we go back to a shadow of what there was before when we actually have the Spirit of Christ dwelling inside of us today? And that's why the Bible tells us in the New Testament that we don't do it with the old leaven. We're not doing it in the old way. We do it in the spirit of sincerity and in truth. And so because of the fact that we know that Jesus Christ dwells inside us, because we know the very fact that we claim to be saved is us saying, I believed on the Lord Jesus Christ for salvation, meaning I put my faith and trust in Him. I trusted in His works to get me to heaven, not my own. Anytime we claim we're saved, we're remembering Jesus Christ as our Passover. Folks, we haven't forgot the Passover. We remember it all the time. Every time we go and we give somebody the gospel, we're remembering the Passover. Every time we talk about Jesus, every time we sing about Jesus, we are remembering the Passover. We do it so much more than they ever did before. And it's good. Jesus Christ is our memorial. Before Jesus Christ came, they had that memorial of the Passover lamb that they would roast and that they would eat and all the things that would go along with that. These things were a memorial. And today we have Jesus Christ that we remember. And he's he's with us. He's inside us in spirit. So we don't need to roast a lamb. We don't need to kill a lamb. That's It's completely unnecessary for us to do those things. And I think that's great. So we remember the Passover every time we talk about Jesus. And so this message, though, it's not so much about the Passover, but it's more about the importance of memorials because God did not want Israel forgetting this. He didn't just want that generation to forget this. And here's the thing, too. We've got this new attitude today that, you know, if it didn't happen in my lifetime, it has nothing to do with me. No, we're supposed to remember our history. We're supposed to remember where we came from God wanted Israel remembering all these things. And so he tells them here, I want this for a memorial forever. He wanted it in all generations, the people who weren't there when that destroying angel came through. God wanted them to remember it. He didn't want it to be forgotten. God didn't want to have to repeat this event every 40 years or so so the other generations could have something to experience. No, they were supposed to remember what happened then. And that's what we need to understand about this. And so tomorrow... So it's Memorial Day in the United States, but you know, every holiday is pretty much a memorial and memorials are appropriate. It says in Exodus 13 and verse 7, unleavened bread shall be eaten seven days and there shall be no leavened bread be seen with thee. Neither shall there be leaven seen with thee in all thy quarters. And thou shalt show thy son in that day saying, this is done because of that which the Lord did unto me when I came forth out of Egypt and it shall be a sign unto thee upon thine hand for a memorial between thine eyes that the Lord's law may be in thy mouth for with the strong hand hath the Lord brought thee out of Egypt thou shalt therefore keep this ordinance for his season from year to year see the reason God had this uh, uh, 
the Passover, and then right after that, it, there was the Feast of Unleavened Bread that lasted for a week. They weren't supposed to have any leaven in their houses. No leaven, none in any of their coasts. It was supposed to be gone. And that, and they, God wanted them doing that so their children would ask and say, Hey, Mom, why are you getting rid of all the leaven? Why is it such a big deal? Hey, we, you know, why are you worried about this so much? Why can't we have this in our house right now? And then they would be able to tell their children because this is what the Lord did for us when he brought us out of the land of Egypt. He, God wanted what took place at the Passover to be a regular conversation that took place among the people of Israel because he didn't want them forgetting it. He wanted them to remember what God had done. It was important, and it's good for us to have things in our life that remind us of things, that help us look back on important events that were crucial to our personal lives, maybe that were crucial to our history. These are good to remember because forgetting them often causes us to maybe repeat things that we don't want to repeat. So we we have these memorials. Truth is, baptism and the Lord's Supper are memorials. Isn't that what we're doing? When we baptize somebody in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, they're buried in the likeness of his death and raised in the likeness of his resurrection. We are reminding everybody about the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Why? Because that's the gospel. That's how we got saved. And so we're reminding every, we're reminding everyone of that. Every time we observe the Lord's Supper, we are remembering the body of Christ. The Lord's Supper is a memorial of the physical body of Jesus Christ that was broken for us. And Jesus said we're, we're supposed to do that until he comes. And when he comes, then, you know, he'll, he's going to drink that cup new with us in heaven one of these days. But I don't know if we'll ever do it again after that. I don't know. I don't, all I know is right now, in the meantime, we're going to keep doing the Lord's Supper till he comes. Just like they did the Last Supper, or the, the Passover, they did the Passover until Jesus came and offered up his body. We're going to observe the Lord's Supper until he comes back in the flesh. Right? It's a memorial because we don't want to ever forget these things. It says in Exodus 17, verse 13, And Joshua discomfited Amalek and the people at the edge of the sword. And the Lord said unto Moses, Write this for a memorial in a book, and rehearse it in the ears of Joshua, for I will utterly put out the remembrance of Amalek from under heaven. So God gave him a great victory here, and God said, Write it down. Write this down. All right? How many of you all have to write things down if you're going to get it done? Okay, Because we all forget things, don't we? And God wanted them to remember this, not just, okay, not just that generation. God wanted the next generations remembering these things. So he said, write it down for a memorial in a book. You know, history books are good. It's good. It's good. It's okay for you to read history and study history and learn these things because we don't want to forget stuff. We need to remember these things. They're important. Um, you know, it would, it, and I, I think personally, it would be a good practice to record blessings that God does for you. I think it would be a good thing. You know, we've all had a lot of blessings, but sometimes we forget them. Sometimes we just forget. You know, Often we find ourselves maybe in financial hardships and we start despairing. Maybe if we had a book where we had recorded all the other financial hardships we got out of, maybe we wouldn't worry so much. Because we had that reminder, we had that memorial, I think it'd be a good thing to do. You know, have some kind of journal or diary, whatever you want to call it, just recording the blessings that God did to remind you. It's okay to do that type of thing. It's a good thing to do. Exodus 28 verse 12 says, And thou shalt put the two stones upon the shoulders of the ephod, 
for stones of memorial unto the children of Israel, and Aaron shall hear and bear their names before the Lord upon his two shoulders for a memorial. Okay, that was what the priest did. You know, it's okay to even wear things as a memorial for someone. You know, maybe somebody wears a, a ring of an old, of a loved one. Before, I mean, your wedding ring, you could say it's a memorial. It's a reminder that you're married. It's a testimony to everyone else that you're married. But sometimes people wear other rings. Maybe they'll wear a necklace with somebody's name on it. Or they'll wear, wear, uh, wear a locket, and it's got a picture of somebody who's dead in there. Why do they do that? They want to remember them. That person's important, you know. We've got, you know, on our uh, on our wall, there's, uh, you know, my wife's got pictures of her dad who's in heaven. Why, why did we do that? It's a memorial. We don't want to forget these things. If I ever drop dead, I hope they keep some pictures up around our house with me. I don't want our kids to forget me. Okay? I, I, I want to be remembered. You know, I'm thankful that we have, I'm thankful that we have these things. They're memorials. It's good. And there's a lot of things that could be memorials. For some people, songs are memorials. You know, maybe, you know, they take you back to uh, a day. You know, maybe a husband and wife, there was a favorite song that you had as a couple. You know, there were songs my wife and I sang when we got married. If I hear those songs, I remember our wedding day. It makes me think, it makes me think about that. Okay. All right. And if you do, if you have like a favorite love song or something that y'all are into, you know, I'm not going to fault you for that. We're not going to sing it. Don't sing it in church for a special, but you know, I, I'm not going to fault you. If you have something like that as a couple, I, I don't think there's necessarily anything wrong with that. Um, some people, you know, have, you know, spiritual songs take them back to certain things. Um, Miss Beulah that comes to church here, uh, she's asked me when she's here if we would not sing the old rugged cross because that song, when she hears it, it just tears her guts out because that was like her mom's favorite song. They, that was one she always sang and she just, she was very close to her mom and if she hears that song, it just, it tears her up. So I always try to avoid it just kind of out of respect for her. You know, it's not, she doesn't like the song. She loved that song. And, uh, and she's, she's asked us to, you know, to never celebrate or n- never acknowledge her birthday here because, uh, her mom had the same birthday as her and they always celebrated it together. And it's like when she, when these things come up, you know, it just it kind of tears her up, you know, and, uh, yeah, I, and, and that's fine. You know, the, there's, there's things that we associate with people, things that we associate with events and they cause us to remember things. And I think, I think that's a good thing. There's some things maybe make you remember stuff you don't want to remember. You know, and so you try to get rid of those things. But, you know, people use, you know, songs, maybe clothing, maybe an item of clothing. Uh, you know, the, like brides are supposed to wear something borrowed, something blue. What's, I don't know what the rhyme is, but, you know, a lot of times they'll wear something maybe associated with a family member or something. You know, pictures, obviously. Uh, there's a lot of things. They're, they're memorials. I imagine everybody in here probably has some kind of memorial set up in their house. And it's okay. It's a good thing to do. And so I do believe, though, that this generation is probably the most self-centered generation that there's ever been. This kind of thing, it's almost becoming a thing of the past. You know, this is the selfie generation. This is the millennial generation. You know, it's all about it's all about me. And we don't think about previous generations. You know, we don't think, you know, if if it didn't happen in our lifetime, it didn't happen. Okay. It was kind of the boomer generation that they say forgot about the next generation. That was, you know, back in the day, everybody always thought about the next generation. We've got to leave a better world for the next generation. And it was kind of then when that just changed. And we're not fixing that right now. Okay. This generation is not fixing that. This is the generation that's running up debt. Like we've never seen before. Why? Because we're not thinking about the next generation. 
hey, as long as we're all good, you know, we're like Hezekiah. Hey, as long as there's peace and safety in my day, you know, we're good. That's, that's a terrible attitude. But, and part of the reason we're like that is because we don't have memorials. We don't remember anything. I listened on the radio today. They were interviewing all these people in the street, asking them, you know, what they were doing for Memorial Day. They were all going to celebrate Memorial Day. They asked them what Memorial Day was for. Nobody knew what it was for. Nobody knew. And, you know, maybe that's why we're so anxious to just throw away freedom in this country because we forgot that people had to fight and die for our country to get to where it's at. And we've forgotten that. And so this generation that doesn't remember what the previous generations did, they're all like, oh, yeah, you know, yeah, take our freedom, whatever. You know, no, they have no idea. You know what? They have no idea what tyranny looks like because they never read a history book. And they've never experienced it personally themselves. So, you know, I, I like that politician. The news media is talking like it's going to be a good thing. Let's go for it. There's no memorials in their life. Maybe they ought to go and go to like the Vietnam Memorial. See how many names are on there. And you say, well, I don't know if I like the Viet Vietnam War. Either way you look at it, just go and look and see. Those are names of people who died. Either way. And we got maybe that, you know, it'll remind us that we ought to be careful about who we go to war with. All right? I mean, whatever. either way you look at it, it's important that we know our history. It's important that we understand these things. And I, I think memorials are great and they're a good thing. And so what I want to just look at today, just real quick, are just some things that we should have memorials for in our own lives. Because I think we need to set up memorials. I'm not saying we've got to set up images and statues and things like that. But there are things that the Bible tells us that we need to remember, things that we need to make sure that we remember because they're important to make sure we continue doing the right thing. We don't want to let what previous generations did go to waste. You know, we there's there's some sacrifices that we don't have to make. You know why? Because previous generations made them. But there, the, the truth is, if we forget those things, then it's, it's not really going to matter. And I think we ought to be willing to make sacrifices thinking about the next generation. That's why when it came down to a lot of what happened with the lockdown and the stand that I took for this whole thing is I'm thinking about the future. And I'm thinking, you know, obviously I'd like to save my skin today. We all like to save our skin today. But I'm thinking, wait a minute, if we give them this, what's it going to be like in the future? That was my big concern. And But most people don't think that way today. And the thing is, you know, I, want, I think it's good for us to make sacrifices now so previous generations don't have to. And I'm thankful for all those that put themselves out there and have taken a lot of ridicule and have taken a lot of negative media attention and things because those sacrifices that they made are going to help other people. They're going to help future generations. And I think it's important we remember those things. I think it's good to remember. But let's look at a few things that the Bible specifically mentions. In Hebrews chapter 13, verse 7, says, remember them that have the rule over you who have spoken unto you the word of God, whose faith follow, considering the end of their conversation. Did you know it's okay to remember people? It's good to remember people. To remember those who have uh, spoken unto you the word of God, those who have a good example, it says, whose faith follow, considering the end of their conversation. Somebody who actually has a track record, somebody who's actually done something, not just the person who's currently doing something, okay? I, I'm not an example of somebody who you can consider the end of their conversation because I'm still in the middle of my story. But you know, you ought to have some people in your life 
that you can look back on people who finished their course, people who went to the grave faithful. You ought to find people like that. You ought to learn about people like that. And you ought to learn from them. It's okay to remember people like that. We're told to do that very thing in Hebrews. You know, we shouldn't forget those who got us saved. It's good to remember that. You know, it's okay to remember people that were positive influences in your life. You know, some of the people who had the biggest positive influences in my life also have been major disappointments to me in other parts, points in life. I could start naming some of my childhood heroes, you know, people who are huge, huge influences to me that had big positive impacts on my life that have since, you know, done some stuff that I really don't appreciate. But you know what? I'm still thankful for them. Did you know that even some of them, while I don't like what they've done in the directions that they've gone, I still love those people. I can't help it. I, I, I can't help it, even though I've been greatly disappointed and I'm sad about what they've done. You know, I, I still I still love those people. I, when I see those people, I don't get angry. I love those people. And... And I could, I could, I could start naming these people. I, I just, I don't want to pick on them. I don't want to act like they're just, you know, these failures and disappointments. No, I, but, you know, I do. And a lot of you know who a lot of these people are. I've talked about a lot of these people, but they do. They mean a lot to me because they were a positive influence. And I don't want to forget that. I have a look what they're doing now. I, I, I get that. I'm sad. I don't agree with that. And I'm not going to follow that. But I'm not going to forget about the good that they did and the positive impact. I appreciate that. And I'm always going to be thankful for that. And I want to remember these people. In my office, I've got a, I've got a big, huge Bible that was given to me at my ordination. And it's got the signatures of all the men that participated in my ordination. And I keep that for a memorial. You know why? I want to remember those men. I want to remember them because all of them are men that have been serving the Lord for decades. All of them have been serving the Lord since before I was born one of them is in heaven right now. He served the Lord and finished his course well. He went to the grave being faithful. And I believe that's going to be the case with the other men that are on there too. And I don't want to forget that. I want to use that as inspiration. Hey, these are the guys that laid hands on me. These are the guys, these are the guys that were over me that were an impact on my life. They finished their course well. I can do the same thing too. So what if some of them flop out and give up at the end of the race? Well, you know what? I'm going to learn from that and make sure I don't do that. Either way, I'm going to I'm going to remember. It's okay to do that kind of thing. We ought to remember those uh, who got to save those who were positive spiritual influences. It says in 1 Thessalonians 5:12, and we beseech you brethren to know them which labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you and to esteem them very highly in love for their work's sake and be at peace among yourself. Now, I want to point something out about this first, because in the IFB world, there's kind of been a history of idolizing people. All right? We talked about that a little bit last week. There's been a history of that. Okay, That's a mistake. That's a flaw that's in the IFB world, and it hasn't gone anywhere. It's still there. But understand, though, there's a difference between idolizing somebody and, to, and esteeming somebody very highly in love. Did you know we're allowed to love people as much as we want and as much as we can? And we actually should love people a lot. It's okay for you if you if there's somebody that has been a positive spiritual impact for you to just love that person. Okay, that's actually pretty normal. I'm amazed at how many people they've had pastors, and I've even experienced this with myself. 
people who have you know helped them, worked with them, been a spiritual blessing, and then they just turn around and hate them. You know, they can just turn on a dime. That that blows my mind. I've never understood people who go from like loving a pastor one day to hating him the next day. I've never understood that. So then, folks, if I started naming some names of people that I'm the people that I'm talking about that I love, that I still love, okay. The I'm so new I have beer trolls would freak out because, you know, these some of them have done some pretty stupid stuff. But you know what? I still love them. Oh, you know, you need to be calling, you know, you need to be railing on them and calling them all these names and throwing them in hell like we do. I'm sorry. I love these people. Well, how, how, how can you love them? You know, they did this, they said that. I'll tell you why. Because they did a lot for me and I, I esteem them very highly in love. And I just can't turn love off like that. I can't do that. I, I'm not. I'm not able to do it with church members either. I don't understand this thing too. You know, when people in church get out of sorts, and somebody leaves the church, and pastors are just already just you know, good riddance. You know, don't let the door hit you. Don't ever show your stinking face here. I'm not like that. You know, I I genuinely get sad because you know the thing is, I get on the pastor, but that doesn't mean I don't get ministered to regularly by people in our church. And that I'm not regularly blessed by all of you. And because of that, I esteem people in my church very highly in love for, for their work's sake. I don't forget the good things that have been done. And, you know, I don't think we're going to get in a lot of trouble from God for just loving people a lot. I, just, I really don't think that's going to be a problem. Like I said, there's a difference between idolizing somebody and just esteeming them very highly in love. We ought to do that kind of thing. We should do that with people like our parents. I mean, doesn't the Bible say, honor thy father and thy mother? Why? God doesn't want, us to want you to forget what they did. And, you know, the truth is that honor and that, that respect should actually grow for your parents as you get older and you get out of the house and you start having your own kids. Because the truth is the biggest sacrifices that your moms and dads made for you, they made, or you don't remember. You don't remember the exploded diapers that they changed. You know, you don't remember all the vomit that they cleaned off of you. And, you know, you don't remember all these things that they had to do. You don't remember that you, you have you have no idea of the pain that your mom went through giving birth to you. You don't remember those things. You don't remember all the nights she stayed up with you or you were screaming. You don't remember those things. But when you get older and you have your own children, all of a sudden you, you realize, man, this is what my parents did for me. And you know what it ought to make you do? It ought to make you honor them. It ought to make you remember them. You should never stop doing that. And I and I I question this generation too that just doesn't seem to care about their parents. Maybe it's because this generation too not having any kids. You know, maybe if they started having some kids, they realize just how uh, blessed they were to have those parents that took care of them. But you got people today like I wish my mom would have just aborted me. You know, that's kind of the a lot of people have that attitude today. They hate life so much, and that's pretty sad. But we ought to remember those. It's, it's good. We've actually been commanded to do that with our parents. We should remember those who've done great works for the Lord. It says in uh, Mark chapter 14 and verse 3, And being in the uh, Bethany in the house of Simon the leper, as he sat at meat, there came a woman having an alabaster box of ointment of spikenard, very precious, and she broke the box and poured it on his head. You all know the story. Judas gets bent out of shape. This was a waste of money. But you know what? Jesus said, leave her alone. She's done a good work. But notice what he said after that in verse 9. It says, Verily I say unto you, wheresoever this gospel shall be preached throughout the whole world, this also that she hath done 
shall be spoken of for a memorial of her. Jesus is saying, hey, she's going to be remembered for this work she did. This work, okay, it, this, and uh, people speaking about it will be a memorial for her. It's okay for us to talk about the great works that people have done in the past. It's, it's okay for us to remember those things. We should be thankful for those things. You know one thing that I believe that people need to remember? I think we need to remember some things that happened recently. I think we should always remember a pastor getting up in his church and having church when he was being threatened to be fined $5,000. I think all of us should remember that pastor getting up and tearing up that cease and desist letter. I think all of us should remember how he put himself out there. He got in front of a camera, went on Fox News, let him play the clip of him doing that, went and said what he had to say about that. And you know what it did? It turned the heart of the president. It changed the mind of a president. And you've got churches all over this country today that are opened up because some guy put himself out there. Some guy took a chance and he did the right thing out of conviction. And God used him in a great... I'm not going to forget about that. But you know what's funny? I've been hearing a bunch of people criticizing him for that. They're all questioning his motives. Saying he's grandstanding. You know, I mean... You know, just, you know, saying it was a fleshly display, things like that. Are you kidding? Yeah. These people don't even know the man. Okay. And I, and if, if they actually knew the man, they wouldn't think that way. But, you know, they're just, they're seeing the, you know, clips and things, but not even, not even just willing to thank him and say, you know, what? I'm, I'm thankful you put yourself out. I'm even thankful. I think he was a Pentecostal guy. Was the Pentecostal guy down in Florida that was getting in all kinds of trouble? I'm thankful for what he did. Okay. I don't care. That he's of another religion or anything like that. That's a good thing. I'm thankful for that. We need to remember these people. We need to remember these things. That way, if it ever happens again. Okay, because when this whole thing started out too, where churches were closing down, there was the one young preacher that came out and he put a video, got around, showing how the church was all closed down back in the Spanish flu epidemic. And a lot of people use that as precedent. But the thing is, you know, let's fast forward a couple of months now to where we're at now. What's history going to say about what we did 100 years from now? You know what history is going to say about what we did? It all gave in. Okay? So now I get it. I get it. Not everybody gave in. But the, here's the question. Are we going to remember those that didn't? Are we going to, you know, who's going to get be remembered 100 years from now? Are we going to remember Paul Chappell or are we going to remember Stacey Shifflett? Who are we going to remember? Who's going to be remembered? I hope. I hope it's the guy that put himself out there. Okay, that's, that's what I hope, but I don't know. You know, judging the way we typically are, you know, I'm, and I'm not saying we need to set up a memorial for him or anything like that. You know, that, you know, that'd be taking it too far. Uh, but we should remember, we should remember things like that. You know, and when your grandpa one of these days and something like this goes on, I remember back, I, I watched a live stream of the pastor that ripped up that letter. You know, and, you know, you know, these fundamental Baptists, we didn't stand for it. You know, my, our church, we had three cops show up one service. So we did it anyway. You know, our pastor, he called the police up and asked them if they were going to come arrest him because he was having services. We were just blessed to have good ones. They didn't do it, you know. We need to remember these things. Why? Because they're being forgotten. And I wonder if there's a bunch of people 100 years ago that we've just forgotten about. It's usually the liberals that get remembered. That's just the way it is. That's why we shouldn't go off that. 
That's why we're not going to base our doctrine off what the big names were teaching 100 years ago. Because we can look at today and see what the big names are teaching and know that's not the way to go. You know, let, let's focus on who the big names were ridiculing. Uh, hey, who were all these guys that Charles Spurgeon was going after in a lot of his writings? Who are those guys? I want to find out who they are. Because that's probably the ones that we ought to be listening to. So we've got to, we've got to remember. So okay to remember people, and, I, and I'm already out of time. But you know, we ought to remember events. It's good to remember events. In Joshua chapter four and verse five. Oh, it looks like I didn't put that one in my notes. Go ahead and turn over to Joshua chapter four and verse five. We see this a lot in the battles with Joshua. They were always setting up memorials and things. And in uh, verse 5, it says, And Joshua said to them, Pass over before the ark of the Lord your God into the midst of Jordan, and take ye up every man of you a stone upon his shoulder, according unto the number of the tribes of the children of Israel, that this might be a sign among you, that when your children ask their fathers in time to come, saying, What mean ye by these stones? Y'all remember how they crossed the Jordan River? God opened it up, and God told them, Grab some stones, 12 stones, stack them up. Why? So one of these days when you're walking by here, your kids will say, Dad, what are these stones here for? And you're going to tell them, this is the spot where God opened up the Jordan River so we could get through. God wanted them to remember that, so they kind of set up a monument or they set up a memorial. And it's good for us to remember, that, you know, there's things in our history that we should remember. We see in Deuteronomy 6, verses 5 through 12, it talks about how when it came to the Word of God, things that God wanted them to bind them as frontless between their eyes. He wanted to write them upon the doorposts of their house. He didn't want them forgetting these things because God didn't want them going to that land and getting blessed and then forget what God had done. So God wanted memorials. God wanted them all over the place. And it's good for us to do that. It's good for us to remember our history as a, as a nation. It's good for us to remember our church history. I'd encourage you to read that kind of thing. You know, if we would remember the people who died for their faith, you know, we might not be that afraid of getting a ticket. You know, we might not be afraid of a little jail time if we consider that even in the United States, some of our Baptist forefathers had to go to a whipping post and receive lashes because they weren't going to take a license to preach because they didn't believe the government had any say in whether or not they could preach. That kind of thing happened in the in the in, in America before uh, before it became the United States. That kind of thing happened here. That's that's our history. We should remember those things. We ought to remember those names. That way, we'll be inspired by that, and we won't give up at the littlest thing. We won't let the smallest thing stop us. It's good to remember your family history. You know, I would encourage you to you know talk to your parents, talk to your grandparents. Find out about your family history. Find out areas where they were successful or where they failed and see what you can learn from those things so you're not doing the same thing. It's amazing how many drunks beget drunks. You know, a drunk who beats his wife has a child who's a drunk and beats his wife. You know, maybe if he would learn from his father's mistakes. So either way, if you have bad history, learn from that so you don't repeat it. If you have good history, learn from that so you can repeat it. But either way, remembering is important, but we're, we just don't do that today. It's a good thing to remember our, our church. It's a good thing to remember Liberty Baptist Church's history. We should remember things. We should remember where we were successful. We should remember where we failed so we don't do it again. It's okay to do that type of thing. We need to remember the strong stands and the sacrifices that, that people have taken that will inspire us to not be passive 
And then just lastly, real quickly, turn over to Exodus 34 and verse 10. We should remember, we should remember covenants. Now we talked a little bit about this last week, so I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it. But we said our generation thinks that we're not accountable for what was started in our nation because we weren't there. But that's not what we see in Israel. The covenants they made were supposed to go on and the previous generations were in fact accountable for what had taken place. And it says in Exodus 34.10, And he said, Behold, I make a covenant before all thy people. I will do marvels such as have not been done in all the earth, nor in any nation, and all the people among which thou art shall see the work of the Lord, for it is a terrible thing that I will do with thee. Observe thou that which I command thee this day. Behold, I drive out before thee the Amorite, the Canaanite, the Hittite, the Perizzite, the Hivite, and the Jebusite. Take heed to thyself, lest thou make a covenant with the inhabitants of the land, whither thou goest, lest it be for a snare in the midst of thee. Now, why do you say that? If they make a bad covenant, can't they just break it? No, they can't. When they as a nation make a covenant, God expected them to fulfill that. And so God warned them. And we see later where they were ended up getting deceived. Remember when Joshua got deceived and he made a covenant with people he shouldn't have made a covenant with. But God expected them to fulfill that covenant. In verse 15 it says, Lest thou make a covenant with the inhabitants of the land, and they go a-whoring after their gods, and do sacrifice in their gods, and one call thee, and thou eat of his sacrifice. If you go and make a covenant with these people, they're going to end up causing you to do sins. And if you're going and you're breaking covenants, you're going to be a covenant breaker. Either way, you're going to be in trouble, so you better be careful about these things that you choose to do. We've got to understand we're accountable for these covenants. Now, thankfully, I believe ours has made a lot of good ones. You know, But at the same time, too, our country's making a lot of bad ones now, too, aren't they? So what are we supposed to do about that? Well, you know what we ought to do? We should not give our consent through silence. And we don't have to turn over. Remember in Numbers chapter 30, we see an example how uh, if a a wife or a daughter made a covenant and the husband or the father was there, they had the authority to overrule that promise that they made because they were the authority. But the Bible said, though, if they held their peace. So if my wife made some kind of covenant or promise and I hear it and I don't say anything, then she's bound to that covenant. I gave my consent through silence. Now, if she makes a covenant and I wasn't there to hear it and later I hear about it, I'm like, sorry, she can't do that. You know, I already had other plans. Then she's okay. She's not a covenant breaker. She didn't go against her vow. That's what the Bible teaches in Numbers chapter 30. But at the same time... With me having a say, having a place of authority there, if I say nothing, I give my consent. And understand, too, when our nation goes forward with bad laws and is making bad covenants, if it's an area where we have some type of authority or even some kind of say and we do nothing, we say nothing, then you know what? We are giving our consent. And when we say nothing to bad laws, we're giving our consent. Okay, if we vote in favor of a bad law, we're giving our consent. If we do a no vote, all right, silence is a vote, whether you like it or not. Okay, a no vote is a vote. Y'all understand that? So the you know, and, and if if that's your vote, a no vote, and whatever situation, that's fine. But either way, you have a role to play in this thing, and you ought to do it with wisdom. You ought to, you ought to do it with conviction, and. If there's an area where we have an ability 
to stop something, we ought to be trying to do it. And then if it, if it goes forward against our will, we did, at least we're covered in that situation. But we've got this attitude today. Most people, they just want to do nothing. I'm just going to leave it up to the politicians. Hey, after what they've been doing lately, you sure you want to leave anything up to the politicians? And listen, I know Trump's the Messiah to a lot of people right now because he declared church essential. And I'm thankful that he did, but I didn't need him to tell us that. You know, but I'm, I'm glad he said it. I, I'm glad he did that. But at the same time, I, do you think if it were not for the pushback that he would have done that this week? No, he wouldn't have. No, we need, there needed to be pushback, and thankfully it came. So we ought to always remember, we ought to remember, we ought to always remember the covenant between us and God. You know, thank God that we made a covenant with Him and we're guaranteed salvation. Those of you that you put your faith and trust in Him, you're saved. And you know, that's something we don't want to forget. We started off talking about the Passover, talking about Jesus. That's something that, that, that Passover was a memorial. We don't ever want to forget it. And you know what? Thank God we have a memorial in our hearts. We have the Holy Spirit. We have the Holy Spirit. We've got the Word of God. It is a reminder that we're saved. And you know what? I don't think you can forget that you got saved. How do you forget? The Holy Spirit's inside of us. It bears witness. Therefore, we always know that. And I'm thankful that we that God gave us that memorial of the Holy Spirit. And... I, I think it's it's safe to say, you look at all these verses, God wants us to have memorials. We should remember things. We are a forgetful generation, and we ought to do whatever. And what works for one person might not work for everybody, everybody else. Some might be a diary, for some might be a picture. Whatever it is, though, put some reminders in your life of things that are good, because we don't want to forget. So let's pray. Dear Lord, thank you so much for your goodness to us. I pray this was a help and encouragement to everyone. I pray you'll help us all to have the right kind of memorials in our life and to uh, not be a forgetful generation. You'll help us to remember all that you've done for us, and we uh, we thank you for all that you've done. I, I pray you'll help us to be thankful this time of year, Lord, as our nation remembers those who've uh, given their lives uh, for our freedom. I pray that we'll remember them and uh, that we'll understand that they took a, a great sacrifice so we can have freedom. And uh, I pray that that will cause us to not be so willing to just give up our freedoms just uh, under small threats, but we'll uh, do what we have to to hang on to those things. In your name we pray. Amen.